We want to welcome everyone to our services here at West Durham. Here in the auditorium or our live online, we're glad that uh, we're glad that everybody is here this morning. So we begin our service. Let's all stand as we sing our first song this morning. How I love the great Redeemer who is doing so much for me. With what joy I tell the story of the love that makes men free. Till by earthly life is ended, I will sing songs of More and more my soul shall be praising Jesus and his love. He is Spots where 
want to welcome each of you here at West Irwin Church Cross and those who are live streaming. I just want to take a, a minute to update you on our grandson, Eli Hodges. First, we thank you for all your prayers and support. And Eli will be nine months old tomorrow. His med team is monitoring closely, and hopefully uh, we have a schedule for his second open heart surgery. And again, we thank you for your continued prayers for Eli and his parents. Donnie Carthen online Zoom class will not meet this Sunday evening, nor will we have the chapel class. This evening at 5 o'clock p.m., we have an 
All Church Fellowship at the Family Life Center. Uh, bring finger foods and games. Drinks will be provided. Uh, this Wednesday night, the food truck is Spud Station. It will be here 5 to 6.15 p.m. Bible class begins at 6.30 p.m. Wade and Diane Weathers invite you to join them at their home next Sunday, February 20th, from 2 o'clock through 3.30 p.m. for a bridal shower, honoring Joanne Blake, bride-elect to Jonathan Knight. You can register your items on Amazon, Target, and Bed and Bath and Beyond. And we ask the ladies please sign up for Bunko at the Family Life Center on Tuesday, February 22nd at 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, dinner will be provided, soup, salad, and dessert. There will be a celebration of life to honor Jim and Helen Boyd on Saturday, February the 26th at 10 o'clock a.m. at the Family Life Center. Our love and sympathy is extended to Dale and Doc White in the loss of their daughter, Laura Osborne. She passed away Wednesday. She suffered from MS for several years. Christy Weathers' father, Don Alcorn, passed away. We ask you to please keep Christy and Wynn in our prayers. Bud Collier, first cousin, Eddie Farrell Smith, passed away last Monday. Eileen Clark will be having surgery. And David Hammond had a successful shoulder replacement surgery last Monday. He's at home. Kyle Baker, wife of former West Irwin minister, Mike Baker, she's in the hospital undergoing some treatment and tests. And one of our college visitors, Hunt Young, asked for prayers for a friend of his, Cole Barrington, who is paralyzed from a car accident. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Father, we look around our surroundings and we see your glory and works. You showed us your love through Christ who died for us while we were still sinners. And now we are here with a new life together in Christ. Father, we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And with our love, we bring these names from our prayer and care list to you now. Eileen Clark, Joanne Wilkinson, grandson, Aiden O'Donnell, Ponder Wright, Janice Hardaway, Kenny Hilliard, Don Crawford, Cheryl Miles' daughter, Stephanie, Ronnie Brown, Carla Baker, Anita Phelan, Cole Barrington, and David Hammond. We lift our prayers for peace and comfort to be up on the family and loved ones who lost a dear friend or loved one of theirs, Bud Collier, Dale and Doc White, and Christy Weathers. Father, we ask you to be with our military and our teachers and our health care workers. And we pray that they will be energized and strengthened from their daily tasks. And Father, as we look at the world's affairs, we pray for government leaders and world leaders who are involved with Ukraine. We ask you to bless these leaders with the knowledge and wisdom to govern with justice and resolve the issues with Ukraine peacefully. And looking abroad, we think about our missionaries, Father, and we pray for our missionaries throughout the world who often risk their own safety to share the gospel.
And Father, think about our freedoms. We thank you that we have the freedom to gather here today and worship you. And may our worship today be in spirit and truth. Bless Bill Allen this morning, Father, in presenting your word in such a way that our hearts are refined as silver and gold is refined. So that we may say, the Lord is my God. And the Lord says to us, you are my people. And Father, please be with us as we go about our daily lives. And may we walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself us for us. We pray that you will surround us with your peace and that we will be revived as we leave from here. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, tomorrow is one of those special days, and if you have someone on your mind lately, I encourage you to take a moment and reach out to them. I close by reading a verse in the Bible which I have labeled a love note to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16. We prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper this morning. We'll sing Lamb of God 176. Your only Son goes sent to die, but you You know, as a kid, there's a lot of different sayings that you hear from your parents, and I'm sure that if you're a parent, these are probably sayings that you yourself have said. 
Um, I'm not that far removed from my childhood, and so I can remember a lot of them uh, vividly. For instance, any time that I'd go shopping with my mom, as we were walking out the door, my dad, without fail, would always say, don't spend any money. <laughs> Here's another one. I remember my dad driving down the road, uh, ice cream sundae in both hands, uh, no hands on the wheel, obviously, driving with his knee, and he looks over at me and says, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, or this is uh, the typical one, whenever you'd fall and scrape your knee, you'd hear, you know, rub some dirt on it. Um, but instead, mom would always get the first aid spray that uh, was death in a can and made you wish that your leg had just been sliced clean off whenever you, you had the fall. Um, but there was one other saying that I felt like I, I heard more than any other. Um, my mom had this magical superpower where I would spend two minutes looking for an item and then it would take her two seconds to find that. And it was always right there in front of me the whole time. And she'd say, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. You know, that last saying is one that I resonate with quite a bit whenever I read the Bible, actually. Um, whether it's through other people's teachings or the Holy Spirit's, guide, Holy Spirit's guidance as I'm having my own self-study. Um, there's things that you, you read and you just think, has that been there the whole time? My most recent one is this. As Jesus is hanging on the cross, Luke chapter 23, it reads, It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Three hours there were three hours of darkness. I've heard the story of Jesus my whole life. I've read the story of his crucifixion hundreds of times. But for some reason, I've never, whenever I think of Christ hanging on the cross, I don't think of the sun just shutting off for three hours. But that's what we know happened. Three hours of physical darkness, but not just physical darkness. Jesus, the night before, prays in the garden, Father, if you are willing Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Yes, Jesus being fully man, yet knowing the, the pain that was awaiting him. Um, I'm sure that he was nervous about that, but not only that, he, he knew the spiritual torture that was about to happen. He, he knew that as he hung on the cross, all the weight of our sins were going to be resting on his shoulders. He knew, along with the physical darkness... There is going to be spiritual darkness as well. As one preacher describes it, he says, it's as if you and I were standing a short hundred yards away from a dam of water 10,000 miles high and 10,000 miles wide. All of a sudden, that dam was breached and a torrential flood of water came crashing towards us. Right before it reached our feet, the ground in front of us opened up and swallowed it. At the cross, Christ drank the full cup of the wrath of God and when he had downed the last drop, he turned the cup over and cried out, It is finished. Let's pray. Father God, we know that it should have been us. We know that it should have been us hanging on the cross, having the insults hurled at us, people spitting on us, the humiliation that came with that. And Lord, we know that it was our sin. It was our sin is the reason why Jesus was on the cross. Lord, help us to uh, be reminded of that during this time, every day. Uh, 
um, whenever, just remind us of the agony of the cross, but the love that was shown through it. Lord, we thank you so much for that love. We thank you for the sacrifice. We thank you for the body that was pierced. Lord, we pray that as we take this bread, as we remember um, that we would do it in a worthy manner. It's in Christ's name. Let's pray. Father God, as we continue on, we continue thanking you for the body that was pierced. We thank you for the blood that was shed. We know that that blood is what washes our sins away, and there's nothing we could ever do to repay it. Um, But Lord, help us to rest in your love and grace and um, live according to that. Live according to the cross and everything that we do every thought that we have, every word that we say. But at this moment, just remind us of the love that Christ had for us as his blood was shed. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we transition to our time of giving... I want you to think about these three words. The three words are Jesus is Lord. And the song that we sing, that's something that we've said uh, time and time again if, if you're a believer in Christ. But I want for you to think about what, what does it mean that Jesus is Lord? Well, it means that Jesus is Lord over all. Jesus is Lord over all that you are, all that you have, um, which includes your, your finances. It includes everything. Um, there's no part of our lives that we get to tuck away and, and hide from God. If we're proclaiming that Jesus is, Jesus is Lord, that means all that we have is yours, Jesus. And that's a blessing. Um, God only asks us to do what is going to lead to life for us and glory for him, including the way that we give back and serve his people. Uh, I want for you to rest in that as we go back to him in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all the ways that you've blessed us. We thank you for the multitude of things that we have. Lord, we thank you for the ability to meet here. We know that all around the world, um, this isn't something people are getting to do. Um, They're having to hide out in houses and and sneak around, and that's just not something that we face. Um, So, Lord, we thank you for the freedom that we have here to serve you in this way. Father, we pray that as we do proclaim, uh, you are Lord, Jesus is Lord that we would live that way, that we would live according to that truth. Because Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of all, and he is Lord of us. And Father, help us to give everything that we have to you with a cheerful heart um, and just looking to serve you in any way that we can. Father, we love you so much, and it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Let's sing while our kids come up for kids' time today. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus died for all the children. 
all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus died for all the children of the world. Who knows what tomorrow is? It's February 14th. What is it? Valentine's Day. That's right. Valentine's Day. Now, what do you do on Valentine's Day? You color. Why would Valentine's Day be any different at all? What do you do on Valentine's Day? You what? You color also. What? Maybe color red, maybe? Uh, a lot of red. Okay, you play with balloons or paint. Boy, we have fun on Valentine's Day. What do you do? You get candy. Okay, boy, tomorrow sounds like it's going to be a great, great day. What else? Okay, you spend some time with your family. That's good. You get presents. Really? You what? What do you do? Okay, well, you know, back when Mr. Bill was a little boy, about your size, a long, long time ago, we would give out Valentine cards. Do any of you write or get Valentine cards anymore? Okay, a few of you do. Perhaps now you send Valentines on your tablets or cell phone or something. I don't know. But, you know, we would give a valentine to everyone in our class, and we would give special valentines to people that we love. Now, I know you love your parents, and you love your grandparents. You love your brothers and sisters most of the time. You love your friends. What do you do for somebody that you love? What are some of the things that you do? What do you do? You give them gifts, okay? What do you do? Okay, you play with them. That's good. What do you do, sweetie? You 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 pet your dog that you love. That's a good thing. You help them if you if they get hurt. That's right. Okay, you got a new dog and her name is Daisy. Do you love Daisy? Yes, and what do you do for Daisy because you love her? Yes, that's good. Well, we do a lot of good things for people that we love. We spend time with them. We play games with them. We give them gifts, and we tell them that we love them. And when they're hurting, if they need our help, then we'll help them. And, you know, Jesus tells us, we just sang the song that Jesus loves the little children. And then we sang the next verse, and it said that Jesus, because Jesus loved us, what did he do for us? He died for us. And when we love somebody, that means we're going to help them. And that's what Jesus did for us so that we could be in heaven forever with him. Did he die intentionally? What a really good question. You know, I don't think Jesus wanted to die, but you know what he wanted more than that? He wanted to be with us because he loved us, and that's why he died. Well, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so remember tomorrow on Valentine's Day that Jesus loves us, that Jesus died for us, and that we can love others and do good things for them also.
Okay, it's time to go to Blast or back to your parents. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Listen to us this morning. Let's all stand and sing. We shall assemble. We shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the Yes, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. You know, a year ago, Valentine's Day was on a Sunday. Do you remember the sermon I preached in church that day? And that is a trick question. We didn't have church here that day. Do you remember that? Last year at this time was Snowmageddon. And we were stuck at home and we played a rerun of a previous service on our online live streaming, live in quotes. And I did a Facebook class on a wonderful love story, Ruth, from the book of Ruth. Um, and so today, I wanted us to speak about real love as Valentine's Day approaches tomorrow. You know, occasionally in this life, we experience a glimpse of real love. It may come through a story of a sacrifice that someone made for another person. It may be someone that is in our family that we're very close to, uh, a loving parent or grandparent, uh, a loving aunt or uncle, uh, a loving friend even. Occasionally in this life, we experience a glimpse of real love. Well, during our senior year in high school, on Valentine's Day in 1975, I gave Joyce a ring. No, not that ring. This ring. This wonderful promise ring. It was massive. It was I think 0 .0294 carat diamond. It was incredible. And yes, that is the original box that it came in that she still has. And yes, it says J.C. Penny because I am a big spender. <laughs> Joyce and I met in seventh grade. 
We met in seventh grade, and she's not feeling well this morning. She's not able to be here, but if she were, she would tell you that in eighth grade, she had this huge crush on me. Now, I know that those of you who know her and know me are surprised to hear that, (laughs) but she did, and she would write William plus Joyce, always and forever, all of those fun little things. And because I was an eighth grade boy, I had no sense, and I told her one day at an eighth grade party um, that I only liked her as a friend. Yes. And because I am such the romantic, I told her that as I was chewing on a tuna fish sandwich. She hates tuna fish to this day, still. But that was eighth grade, and for all of you junior high girls, I just want you to know, middle school girls, the boys do grow up, (laughs) ultimately. It takes us longer, but but we do. And then she became a twirler our junior year of high school. We were in a band together for junior high and high school. I was a drummer. She was a flute player the last two years. She was a majorette. And uh, in October of our senior year, I finally asked her out. Now, it was, um, it was because, you know, I'm uh, real creative about these things. We were in the band hall, and um, I told her uh, she was looking for one of her flute players' uh, flutes, or, or actually a, a baton, I believe, for one of the junior twirlers. And I was up in the drum section, and I noticed there was, you know, she was down there, and I was trying to come up. How do I invite her out? I've known her for so long, but how do I I ask her out on a date? And so I told her, well, you know, that baton may be up in the drum section. (laughs) Absolutely no way whatsoever could that baton ever end up in the drum section. Um, But that's what I told her. And so, uh, while she was up in the drum section with me, looking for a baton that had zero possibility of being there, I asked her, well, do you want to maybe go out for a pizza or something after the game Friday night? And she said yes. Well, at that game Friday night, on that Friday night in October of 1974, um, one of my drummers, as drummers tend to do, decided that the world revolved around him, and he didn't need to watch the drum major, and everyone should follow the same beat and tempo that, that uh, he did. And so he pretty much took everybody in the band out of the, the song. And so our band director was very upset with us that night, and he was not happy at all. And we got the chewing out of our lives after the game, and so we really didn't feel much like going out to eat. And so um, I asked her, well, how about if we just skip pizza tonight and just go out and get a Coke? And that's what we did at Griff's Burger Bar in San Antonio, Texas. And now ever since then, going out for a Coke has a whole different meaning for Joyce and me than just going out uh, for a Coke. But we went out and um, enjoyed that time together. And then uh, I took her home and uh, walked her to her front porch and Yes, I kissed her goodnight. We had known each other for five years. Come on. It's not like we had just met. We were very good friends. We had been in band director, uh, been in band together. We knew each other very, very well. And, and so I, I gave her that, that kiss goodnight. Um, and so she floated in to her house. 
I floated to my car, that wonderful 64 Ford Falcon station wagon, (laughs) and we've been together ever since. And then on Valentine's Day, that, that next Valentine's Day, I gave her this promise ring. I gave her that promise ring. About a year and a half later, I uh, gave her another ring, that ring, the engagement ring. And after our second year of, at Oklahoma Christian College, uh, we were married. And this May the 7th, that will be 45 years ago. And God has blessed us in far more ways than we deserve, certainly far more ways than I deserve. And we've been together through all the ups and downs, and we'll be together through the rest of the ups and downs that are ahead. Occasionally, in this life, we experience a glimpse of real love. The truth is, the best love that we experience in this world pales in comparison with the real love that our God has for us. And the real love that he calls us in response to have toward him. In our Bible classes this morning uh, and and over the last few weeks, we've been talking from the Old Testament in our adult classes. And we were able to talk uh, today about uh, the incredible opening of uh, the temple in Solomon's time. And how much the Israelites loved God and how much he loved them at that moment. The best love that we experience in this world just simply cannot compare with the love that our God has toward us. Solomon uh, acknowledged that love that God had in fulfilling his promises. Just as I gave Joyce that promise ring. But in an even greater, far greater way. Demonstrating a far greater love. So let's talk this morning about real love. First of all, real love, God's for us. This is where we start, right? And this morning I want us to be in Exodus chapter 20. And you say, Exodus chapter 20, isn't that the Ten Commandments? That is the Ten Commandments. And I'm going to be doing some preaching in a while on uh, the Ten Commandments. But I want us to speak about God's love for us as being real love. And really, before God gives a single command in that passage about the Ten Commandments, This is what it says. And God spoke all these words, Exodus 20, 1 and 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. God reminds his people before he gives them a single command. I am the God who brought you out of Egypt. I am the God who loves you. I am the God who delivered you. I am the God who saved you. That's already happened. Without a single commandment given or a single commandment kept. 
God's love for us is always where it starts. It's always where it starts. Just as Tucker shared with us in that wonderful communion meditation, we look ahead to the time when the Savior died for us, that Lamb of God that we sang about, and experience such a dark, dark moment in death that even the sun refused to shine. That demonstrates God's love for us. Because as Romans 5 tells us, it wasn't when we were good that God died for us. It was when we were sinners. That's when Christ gave his life for us. Just as our shepherd David Wicks shared during our shepherd's prayer time, for God so loved that he gave. He gave that lamb of God. Real love. God's love for us. But then real love, that leads us to real love, ours for God. You see, it doesn't just stop with God's love for us. But rather, there is a response. And the response is to love God with real love. To love the Lord, first of all. To love the Lord. In Exodus chapter 20, those ten commandments are finally given starting in verse 3. And you know them. You could probably recite them by heart. No other gods before me, God says. Make no images, even of the real God. Don't worship me falsely with images and, and icons that are far less than what the real God demands. Don't misuse God's name. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Our little kids would sing, oh, be careful, little mouths, what you say. And honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Remember to have times of rest, times of worship. These first four commandments of the Ten Commandments give us that call to love the Lord. When we speak about love and real love, ours for God, that's, that's what we mean, is loving the Lord. In Deuteronomy 6, Moses gives that great passage where he talks about how we are called to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and with all of our strength and with all of our soul and with all of our mind. What Jesus would later say is the greatest commandment in the law, to love God. And along with that, Jesus would say, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And that's something that we see in Old Testament times in the Gospels and in the New Testament as well. When you speak about real love, ours for God, it is based on the real love that God has for us. And it's a call to love God above everything else giving him everything about us. Again, as Tucker said, Jesus is Lord. And so because Jesus is Lord, what exactly does that mean? Well, it means that we give. <laughs> it means that everything we have is his. And so that's where we start from, and then, and then we give, just as Tucker shared. But it also means that we obey him in other ways as well. We, we live every day to fulfill his commands 
Not because we have to, not because we're going to be struck by lightning if we don't, but because we love him. And if we love him, then we will want to do his will. We will want to obey his commands. Real love is first of, is first of all God's for us. Secondly, it's ours for God. Love the Lord. But then secondly, love our neighbor. <laughs> and I think in a lot of ways, this is tougher, isn't it? Think of all the ways that you love God and all the things that God has done for you and how easy it is to love God and to serve him overall. Granted, we all fail at that in many ways, but overall, we never question our love for God. Loving our neighbor, well, that's another thing, isn't it? <laughs> that's a little bit harder because we know our neighbors and we're around our neighbors and our neighbors, well, our neighbors bug us. <laughs> they bother us. They're annoying. Whether it's a neighbor that's actually next door or a neighbor that's a part of our family or a neighbor that's a fellow church member. We get annoyed by other people sometimes and it makes it hard for us to love them. In fact, not only do we get annoyed by them, they hurt us sometimes. And they make it hard for us to love them. And yet there's still that call, love your neighbor. Not just love the Lord, love your neighbor. And so interestingly enough, the majority of the Ten Commandments are about this part. They're not about the part that says love God. They're about the part that says love your neighbor. The other six commandments are these, to honor your mother and your father. To not murder, not commit adultery or sexual immorality, to not steal, to not bear false testimony, don't lie, and to not covet, don't envy. In many ways, I think we find these harder than the first four, because I think sometimes it's harder to love our neighbor than it is to love God, and yet John would say, you can't love a God whom you haven't seen if you don't love your neighbor your brother, your sister, whom you have. But sometimes it's because we have seen them and we are around them and they have hurt us and that's why it's hard to love them. And that's what separates us as followers of Jesus. Jesus himself would say, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And there's no greater love than when one lays down his life for another. Jesus would not only tell us that, but he would also live that. And so with these commands and calls to love our neighbor, it reminds us of that second great commandment according to Jesus, originally found in Leviticus chapter 19, in the middle of the law of Moses, there are these words. Don't bear a grudge against one of my people, but rather love your neighbor as yourself. And what Jesus would say is that's the second great commandment. They only ask him about the first, but it's as if Jesus is saying, you've got to do both. You can't separate those two. And certainly that's what the rest of scripture teaching tells us. What exactly does that look like? Well, if you want to know what it looks like, then 
Go back and read the story of the Good Samaritan. Because it's told to explain what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. To live a life of love. To walk in the way of love. As David led us in that shepherd's prayer time. To look at those things and those uh, actions in 1 Corinthians 13. And actually do them. Not just for your husband or your wife. But for everyone. Even for people, Bill, that, that I don't like, that treat me unfairly, yeah, especially them, especially them. Because for the others, it comes naturally. Everyone does that. Everyone is nice to the people that are nice to them. Everyone loves the people that love them. Everyone forgives when it's easy to forgive. But the call to love God includes the call to love our neighbor. And the call to love our neighbor is the call to forgive. Even in its very immediate context in Leviticus 19.18. It's saying forgive. That's how you love your neighbor as yourself. You refuse to carry that grudge. You willingly forgive because of God's love for us and because of ours for God we love the Lord and we love our neighbor and so today on today on Valentine's Day tomorrow and every day let's commit to two things first of all let us all commit to real love To real love. This is a picture of how Joyce wears that promise ring now. (laughs) And it's attached to a, as a pendant to a cross. And, And I love that. And so the next time she's able to be here, I hope you'll ask her to see it. Because it's a beautiful piece of jewelry. One I'm sure that someday our daughters will fight over. But I love that that promise made by a 17-year-old boy is something that's attached to the cross. Because for us, the real promise is the promise that we receive from the Lord to love us no matter what, to be with us no matter what, Even so much that he would give his son to die for us so that he could be with us. The people that he loves. Today on on Valentine's Day, tomorrow and every day, let's all commit to real love. I have been blessed in this life with a real wonderful love. But even the very best love we experience in this life is nothing compared to the greatest love of all, the real love that our Lord has for us. And so as we commit today to real love, let us all commit to the real Jesus. To the real Jesus. Next week I begin a new sermon series on the real 
Jesus. His promises are even greater than a high school drummer's promise ring given to his twirler girlfriend. (laughs) As real as that was and is, it's nothing compared to the promise that God has given to us to love us through thick and thin, to be there with us. Whatever is happening, to accept us back to him as many times as we will wrong him and go back to him. Why is that? Because that is real love. And today, if you want to resolve to be committed to real love. And we can help you come as we stand and sing our song together. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are Father, we're so graciously thankful for this opportunity you give us and an avenue you've blessed us with to be able to come to you in prayer. We know the Holy Spirit speaks what we don't, and we're so grateful for that. The love that you showed by sending your son to die on that cruel cross, knowing none, not one of us was worthy. And we're thankful for that love that you've given us. Father, as we depart 
and go through these doors, a sanctuary of calm and reverence, and go out into the world, we just ask that we will all put on the armor of Christ and show everyone that we come in contact with the light within us. Father, we're so blessed to be in this country, and we're thankful for that. We ask that you guide and direct the leaders of this country, the world, our local leaders, and our leaders of the church. We're thankful for Bill. As the words that he preaches, we know that they're your words, Lord. And we're thankful for that. Those on our prayer and care list, we ask that you put a loving hand on those that have moved on to you and their families, that they will know the love of God and feel your presence. We ask that you bless those that defend this country, our first responders, those that are all put in harm's way, whether it be defending this country, the crime, or COVID. We're just thankful for all those that have that giving heart and loving heart that wish to serve. And once again, Father, as we depart, we just ask you to keep your loving and handing upon us. We're thankful for all things in Christ's name. Amen.